many of us actually know where our money goes each month or each pay period for that matter? How much thought do you guys put into your budget or do you even put thought into it? If you're new here, I'm Amanda Nielsen and this is the Tell Me More podcast. I use this podcast as a way to talk to interesting people about interesting things. So today you're going to hear me talk to Shane. Shane's worked in the banks for most of his adult life and we spend some time talking about what he's seen in his career when it comes to people and their money. A lot of people are dealing with financial uncertainty right now with the whole COVID and losing jobs and the economy in general. So I figured what better time than now to have a conversation about this. Money and finance is such uncomfortable topics for most people, including myself. So let's get a little weird and feel uncomfortable. (laughs) How many of you guys actually talk with your friends and family about your income, your debt, your savings, your retirement? I know I don't. I think as a society, though, we should probably change that. Like, don't you guys think it's like anything? Conversation and communication is always going to benefit us. So why is this topic so off limits? Shane and I do kind of get into it. And obviously privacy takes a huge part, but I think it might, it's cultural and just society. And I think it's just ingrained in us. So I don't know. I'm kind of thinking now I need to change the whole way I think about money and the way that I talk about it. So just in general, I find that we all just want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to do fun things. We want to buy nice stuff because everybody around us is doing fun things and they're buying nice stuff. We want to buy a house because that's what you do at a certain age. And that's what makes you an adult. We put our purchases on credit cards and we buy things without really understanding the implications of that. And if we can actually afford it, that's a tomorrow problem, we think. And then the bank tells me I can afford this house, but at the end of the month, I only have $100 left over. What about saving for retirement? Uh, That seems like a long time away, so I'll just deal with that later. Again, it's a tomorrow problem. I need to find out how to pay my mortgage and my car payment and still buy groceries, and then I'll deal with retirement. Retirement can wait. Maybe I'll win the lottery. These are thoughts that I know a lot of people have, and this episode isn't going to give you any specific answers, but I think it's good to start the conversation. I think this is important. So Shane's going to give us a few tips that I'm actually going to implement into my life, such as he looks at his credit card weekly and makes transfers to pay off things out of certain categories. He goes into detail in the episode. And I think I'm going to do that. Like I, I, I do it monthly, but I think weekly is a, is a better idea. Uh, he also has a Christmas saving account. And I know a lot of people do this for gifts already. Like we've all heard that one. But what about those Christmas parties that we get invited to where you have to bring a gift and a bottle of wine? Those really add up. So why don't we put that money aside throughout the year for that? Take a listen to the episode and let me know if you guys have any feedback. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram. Go rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You guys know my whole spiel here. (laughs) Thank you for the continued support and take a listen to the episode. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the Tell Me More podcast. So a few weeks ago, I did an episode with Sarah from Four Pocket Allowance, and we discussed how we can teach our kids about money. So that kind of opened up the thought process that we should probably do an episode on how we as adults handle our money. So today I have Shane with me, and he's a certified financial planner. Shane's here to have a conversation with me about money, banking, retirement, debt, all of that kind of stuff. So we're in pretty weird times right now financially, and I think it's probably a good idea to have a conversation. So Shane, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. 
I'm glad to have you. So you and I have met maybe like once or twice, but you kind of are, we're kind of strangers. We have a mutual friend, Jessica. She says you know a lot about money and we had a brief conversation. So I thought you'd be a great person to bring on to educate all of my listeners. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Alrighty. So let's just tell me a little bit about yourself. Have you always been a money expert? You know, I would say I was probably never really a money expert. I always just wanted to make sure that I could do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. Ah. When we were kids, my my parents would go to Kmart. Uh, that was the cool store back then. Yeah. And I always wanted to buy a truck or a toy or probably candy. And then I would get told, you know, you don't have enough money for that or you forgot your allowance at home. And I never wanted to go through that experience as a grown up saying I can't have something because I don't have enough money for it. So that gave you kind of the incentive to make sure you understood money and you always had money. Is that kind of where you're at? That's exactly where I would say I'm at and how I got there. Now, I I still can't have anything I want. I I definitely don't have a helicopter or a Bugatti (laughs) sitting in my garage, unfortunately. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) But it it gave me an idea of of what money means to people and and how, how people use it. And I think at the end of the day, it's not about you know having $17 billion in your bank account. It's about being able to live the life that, that you choose to, to live and being able to do it happily. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, like I was just talking to just somebody about this the other day. I said something about money and I don't like debt. And he goes, oh, so you're cheap. And I said, well, no, not at all. Like I'm happy to go out for dinner and like buy a bottle of wine and, you know, even pay the bill for the friends that I'm with. I just, there's certain things that I know I can spend money on. There's certain things I don't because I, I want to live a certain lifestyle. I want to be able to go out and spend money on a nice dinner sometimes. So I, sometimes I cut back on other things, you know? And I think that's an awareness that that most people, I hate to say it, don't don't really have. Yeah. Um, growing up, I would remember, and when I say growing up, I mean in my early 20s and teenage years, I never bought things like magazines or chocolate bars at the edge of the counter checkout line. I, I didn't get things that I felt like I didn't get a ton of gratification from. If I was going to pick up a magazine and throw it away in, in an hour or two hours, this is something I decided I could spend money on something else later something bigger. So I think it like just comes really naturally to you then because that's those are the things that you know a lot of us even me I consider myself like pretty good with money but I've definitely made some of those like impulse buys throughout the years for sure. And I think it's okay to have those impulse buys. Yeah. Doing it every day. Yeah. Doesn't align to most people's income that comes in. So it it comes down to taking taking the time to figure it out and that's the boring part. Nobody really wants to do that. (laughs) It's so true. And maybe that is why a lot of people are in these situations is because they don't really want to spend the time to think about it. So it's just like what I want now. I want this chocolate bar. I want to read this magazine. So I'm going to buy it and I'll deal with the repercussions later. And most of the time there there's no repercussions for those those small items. But if true. you've been doing that 20, 30, 40 years, yeah. when you start looking at Hey, you know, when I'm looking at how much money I made in my lifetime and you made a million or two million or three million dollars, where did it all go? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. If you add up like your salary for X number of years. Oh, that's interesting. It's terrifying. <laughs> I've never really thought of it that way. <laughs> okay, so let's do a little um history on you. So what is your education? Like what gives you the right to talk about money? <laughs> is kind of what I'm wondering. Good question. I'm not sure that I have the right. I just, I like it. Perfect. I've got a a bachelor's degree in financial services of all interesting things. Okay. So the degree was very much focused on how to give financial planning advice, 
how to run a business, how to become an entrepreneur, how to do things about law and accounting. And out of school, I ended up working for one of the big five banks. And oh, okay. from there, I've kind of done that for the last 17 years or so now. So in, in that job as a banker, what did you do for the banks? In the beginning, uh, the first thing you do is they teach you how to open up bank accounts. And you think that would be a, a really simple and easy transaction. And it, and it is from a come in, open up account, push some buttons, sign a whole bunch of forms, go away, see you later. And that's what yeah. it was like 15, 20 years ago. One of the things that I feel like we didn't do enough of was talk about the reason why people were in the bank in the first place. What is right. the reason you want to have this conversation? I know you have a bank account somewhere else. Tell me more about your experience over there. What, is, what does that look like? So I tried really hard to, to start incorporating that into all my conversations. Mm. And from there, you get to do other things. You get to do small lending, some credit cards, some lines of credit, the occasional car loan. But there's not too many car loans that go through the banks anymore. They usually go through um, the car dealerships because all of the banks have special lending programs through the car dealerships. Oh, okay. And I did a lot of real estate secured lending. So oh. is that like mortgages? Yeah. Tons of people's houses. I've probably done, you know, thousands and thousands of mortgages and lines of credit secured against people's houses. Oh. And that was kind of the, the most important thing 10, 15 years ago was, you know, once we have as a bank, once we have someone's mortgage in place, we're going to be able to give them good advice to on their investments or on their bank account and those sorts of things. And we kind of looked at that as, as the anchor product back then. So you, we did that a lot. We were always constantly trying to encourage someone to switch their mortgage over from one bank over to the other bank. But that comes from having really great conversations with them about, you know, what are their goals? How fast do they want to pay off the mortgage? Um, all those sorts of things. What was your experience? What sort of options do you think you need in, in that? And, and then from there, they, they teach you about financial planning, how to switch assets from one mutual fund to another mutual fund, how to steal business from bank A and move it over to bank B. And that's the part that I really enjoyed the most. And that's what I did most of my time in schooling. And that's where you have the best conversations with people because I find they're more willing to open up because that process they're highly engaged in because they want to talk to you, yeah. right? They, they're in your office. They want to have a conversation about retirement or kids' education or even saving to buy a house or even saving for, for a vacation or for Christmas next year. Yeah. So that gives you the, a really good ability to ask people all sorts of questions about both their, um, about their lives, what they like, what they don't like, what their investment experience is. And when you start having a conversation about their debt, that conversation opens up to, to something that most people never open up to anybody about with. So yeah. I really thought that you got a really great picture inside of there. So from a banking perspective, to answer your question, extremely long-winded, <laughs> it would it. be, I've done pretty much everything you can do from a customer facing point of view right. um, that, that the bank offers. So give me an example of, how you would have like okay let's say i like because you were saying that you want to you as the bank that you worked at you would try to steal customers from one bank and bring them over to your bank so what would be a process to do that like what kind of pitch would you have like we have better interest rates or i'll offer you better service and you know better questions what was your method sure so i would say it's like like any industry right we're not necessarily stealing customers away yeah 
we are trying to gain bigger market share. So it's the same as any industry, whether it's banking, whether it's uh, your preferred hotel that you stay at. The goal is to have more customers. And when you have a, a business like a bank, your goal is to have more of their assets because that's how the banks can generate some money. So I wouldn't call it a pitch per se. There are definitely some pitches out there. The way that I approached um, everybody that I got to engage with was kind of like we're doing right now. We're just having a general conversation to get to know each other. And yeah. from there, I can ask some really good questions. So one of the first questions that I would generally ask after getting to know someone would be, what are your top three financial priorities right now? What would be some examples that people would say? Or like, what if people were like, I don't know. <laughs> like, would you give suggestions? Like, do you want to buy a house or... Yeah, I would definitely give some suggestions, but then I would also ask what's important to them in their lives. Mm. What What do you want to do today? What do you want to do in five years? What kind of things are, are important to you? What do you do for fun? And that can kind of give me a pretty good idea of what's important to them. Right. I would say that most people didn't need too much coaxing into that. They just okay. hadn't, they haven't really thought about it. No one's ever really asked them that question. Totally. So it would be, you know, I would love to buy a house someday. And then mm -hmm. from there, you know, a lot of people will say, well, that's great for first goal. What's your second goal? What's your third goal? Well, what I think the best way to go about that is, is spending some more time. You just told me something really important to you. Your most mm -hmm. important goal in your entire life right now is to buy a house. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me why that's important to you. When would you like to buy a house? Have you, have you owned a house before? What are you currently doing today in order to get that house? So I'd really like to dig down a little bit deeper to have those really great conversations to find out what's important to them and the real reason why. And some people have decided that maybe they didn't actually need to buy a house. They just wanted to buy a house because everybody else was buying houses. Right. And I think that's actually something worth diving into because I think a, a lot of people do do that, right? They It's the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. So did you find in your history and your dealing with customers, a lot of people were just in over their heads with their houses? Or did you ever advise somebody not to based on their income or like you guys really shouldn't do this or are you sure it's actually right for you? You know, the interesting for, part for me comes in when it's a couple um, not married. And they're like, Hey, yeah, we, you know, we've been, you know, dating together for one or two years and we're going to, we decided we're going to buy a house together. And well, this is, this is really great. This is, this is a nice house. It's 500, $600,000. It takes both of your incomes to do this. What happens if something happens to one of your incomes is a right. question I always ask. What happens okay. if you get fired? What yeah. happens if you get laid off? Uh, what happens if you two don't want to talk to each other ever again? for some crazy bad reason. Yeah. And nobody wants to have that conversation because totally. they've already been looking at houses. They just want us to pay for it now. Yeah, like by the time they get to you, you're already, <laughs> they're already in there. Almost always, right? They're like, yeah. listen, I, I saw this house. I want to buy it. My realtor says we're good for an offer. I just need to know if we can do it or not. Yeah. And most of the time, they just go ahead with it and have that conversation. And, you know, as a an employee of an institution, nine times out of 10, if their income is high enough and we like the property, we're going to give it to them. And that's that's a typical mortgage lender because that's our job, right? Our job is to give people money to buy homes that they want to buy. The downside is, let, let's say they do break up or they do yeah. get married and then they do have a divorce. I've seen so many times where, especially in Calgary, because everything is based on, on energy in Calgary. So yeah. house prices skyrocket, house prices drop. 
So if you bought a house in, let's say, 2006, and in 2008, you needed to sell that house, it was probably worth less money than you owed on it if you mm-hmm. had a 5% down payment. So now you've got a couple, two people, they need two incomes to buy this house. They no longer get along. They can't sell it because they're both going to have to put in extra money. They can't have this conversation because they hate each other. <laughs> this puts people in a really bad predicament. Yeah. Often bankruptcy because they can't get along. So they just call it a day and the bank takes it away and ruins both of their credit. Right. Or somebody's parents have to step in and nobody wants to make that phone call. No, for sure. But a lot of people do. So what would you, like outside of banking, uh, let's say you don't work for the bank and this is completely just as Shane talking, what do you suggest people do to set themselves up so they can afford it? You know what I mean? Like they don't get in over their heads. They make good choices. Like what is your advice? Well, man, that's hard. I don't (laughs) know if I actually have advice to it except for... Pretend for a year that you have this property that you've been thinking of, your dream property. So let's say that you think that you can buy a $500,000 or $600,000 house. I'm happy to do that, right? Go ahead, buy it. If it makes you happy, that makes me happy. However, for the next year, make sure that you can put away that mortgage payment. Make sure you can put away the property taxes. Make sure you can put away your electrical bills, your gas bills, your energy bills, your maintenance, because that's going to happen, especially yeah. if it's a brand new build. Now you're putting in sod or you're building a fence. You're putting in a bigger deck or you're doing something like that. These are all things that none of us think about. Yeah. And it's it's because, I mean, when I walk into a show home, I want to buy it. I want to buy all of it. I want to do every upgrade that exists. Yeah. Um, but it's putting yourself in those shoes to be able to see, Hey, does this make sense? Can I still go out with my friends and, and have dinner? Can I yeah. still ride my motorcycle? Can I still get a car loan after this? Yeah. All those sorts of things. So my best advice is have an idea of what you want. Practice it. Practice putting that money away. And you should probably add 10 or 15% to that because there's going to wh- be a lot of things you don't expect. Yeah. So from hearing that, I think, okay, if I was a first-time home buyer and I was kind of you know, I just heard your advice. I'd be like, I don't want to wait a year. Like I don't, I, I want to buy my house now. <laughs> like, do you find that a lot of people are just impatient and just jump in because they want, you know, they want the house, they want the new car, they want whatever. And then they realize it's too late. Yeah. I think, I think all of us are, but the thing with that is, is it worth it for you? What's it going to be like in 10 years or 12 years? And then that's why I started asking some other questions. So your first priority is to buy a house. What's your second goal in life? Mm. What's your third goal? And how do we make sure that all of these things work together with each other? Totally. Because if your second goal is, I want to retire at age 50 and make $100,000 a year in retirement from my investments, okay, let's work on what that looks like. Find out how much money you need to put away. And then let me know if you think you can afford the house, right? So it's kind of like thinking backwards. And that's why it's so hard yeah. because, man, I don't know what life's going to be like when I'm 60 or 70 or 80. Yeah. But I know that if I buy a house today and I'm putting almost all my money towards it and I can only save $100 a month for retirement, as your banker, as your person, I can tell you how much money you'll have in retirement. Yeah. And you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> but if you do, then let's do this deal. So do you find that most people are actively thinking about their retirement and their even their their debt level? Or are people just, 
you know, financing couches and financing cars and dealing with it later and not even worrying about it and kind of thinking, oh, that's a tomorrow problem. Like, what do you think is the general way that people behave? I think it's a mix. I think that our world has done such a great job of letting us get anything we want at any time we want. Right. That's how I grew up, man. Like, (laughs) my parents would finance anything. Like, they always had bills for something, like a fridge, a couch. Like, so when Karsten and I first got married, we were, like, going to Leon's all the time. And, you know, we would do the don't pay or whatever. But we'd pay it off so we didn't have to pay any interest. But I'm just like, so many people don't. And they make it so easy. It's extremely easy. And I think that's good. I think it shows movement in our world and our economy and those sorts of things. And I do think that people thinking about retirement and I do think that they're thinking, I want all these things. I just don't think that the industry as a whole has done a good enough job educating everybody out there to make the rational decision. I absolutely agree with you. Like I'm kind of getting the Like when you work for one of the big five banks, like you said, your job is to just, you know, essentially approve everything like you you want to give us the money is it really in your best interest to make sure that we can afford it like you, you know what i mean yeah like I it, know- is, it is for sure i would say that they're they're not doing it in a way to be like how let's put everybody in as much debt as possible right um they're they're quite somewhat conservative i mean we're not going to give someone a hundred thousand dollar loan um that's ten million dollars in debt and has no income sort of situation right but um, if your income matches our risk tolerance and guidelines, absolutely. There you go. If that's, if that's what you want as a, as a bank or as a retail store, you come in. I don't know if you can afford that t-shirt you're putting on your credit card and away yeah. you go. So it's the but same do sort I care? of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I do think that, you know, we do ask these questions, but I'm not sure the customers are spending enough time on their own financial situations to make sure that they're making the right decisions. Yeah. Like, I mean, it'd be nice if somebody was kind of looking out for us, but I think at the end of the day, as consumers, we are all responsible for our own debt and our own retirement and all of that. But I think the whole conversation about money is really uncomfortable for most people. And I've even found that I've only just recently been okay with talking like with friends about money and well, how much did you pay for that? And I'm like, that's rude. You can't ask that. Or how much did you, or, you know, how much do you put away in your retirement savings every month? Like, oh no, you can't ask that. I still struggle with those thoughts. But like, I'm kind of learning that the more we as people have these conversations, it's like just educating us. And maybe, you know, it'll help kind of change this generation to not screw ourselves over because if you look around there's a lot of people who are just putting everything on credit cards everything on line of credits they're not saving anything and like they're hoping that the um the government like the cra pension is gonna you know save them do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean especially about (laughs) not you know kind of being afraid to talk about it yeah it's a weird conversation to have um, I feel like I've had a privilege of having, you know, hundreds of thousands of these conversations with people. Yeah. But, you know, when I think about, have I talked to my closest friends about this? That's what I was about not, to ask. <laughs> not really, right? They, yeah. They'll ask me questions from time to time, but they're usually very specific okay. about um, a sort of an investment or a rule on a registered investment account or, you know, something happening in the mortgage industry. But they're all very, very 
you know, general questions, nothing, you know, about their actual life or what's happening. But would you be willing, like, let's say your best friend and you guys were, you know, having dinner with another couple or something and they are like, well, Shane, how much do you guys make take home every month? And how much of that do you put in this account? How much of that do you like, are you comfortable talking actual numbers? Like, I'm just curious, because I feel like I'm not really. <laughs> but I'm wondering if maybe as people, you should because it'd be like, okay, well, half of my friends are putting this number amount away. And like half of my friends are putting nothing away. It'd be like, you know what I mean? It's kind of a way to like gauge what people are doing and maybe educate yourself from, I don't know this. I'm just like thinking off the top of my head right now. <laughs> I, I think it would depend on, on who I'm talking to. Yeah. Cause it's uh, so awkward. Well, there's a level of, there's a level of privacy. Right. Right. That, you know, I think all of us have a little bit of a privacy, but totally. I, my area on that would be, I would definitely have that conversation on, you know, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how much I think that I'll have when I get to retire and that what my actual goals are and why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing um, and why I'm spending money and why I'm saying no to certain things. There are certain, yeah. certain times where you have to say no to things that you really, really want to do. And you know what? You have to make that decision. Is, is this yeah. the right decision for me today? Or how much is this going to cost me to pay off? Because I'm going to have to borrow $10,000 to do this. Totally. And when I look at how much money I have after every two weeks, after I spend my normal life, which is like now you have fifty dollars left over. Yeah. Like, hmm, that's gonna take me a few years to pay off this really cool yeah. trip. I just I have to say no. Yeah. But I think it's hard sometimes to even put that into perspective. Be like, okay, well, I'm gonna I really wanna take my family on a vacation and we haven't been anywhere in however long and we work so hard, so we're gonna put four grand on our credit card. And we'll just deal with it later. <laughs> and nobody actually said like calculates, okay, well, if I pay it off with this amount this month, you know, like how long is it going to take? I think a lot of us just do it and deal with it later. I agree. It kind of goes back to about talking about it with others. Yeah. It's funny because I know nothing about, I don't want to say building things or construction or like putting up a fence or doing a deck or anything like that or building a shed. Yeah. Um, I would love to sit there on YouTube, but I don't have the right tools. So then I have to go to Home Depot and buy all the right tools. Yeah. I'm going to buy some of the right stuff. <laughs> I'm going to make some mistakes. And so I would rather just pay somebody to do it. Right. But if I was doing it, you know who I would call? I would call my friends who do that for a living. Yeah. Hey, I'm building this deck. Can I ask you some questions? Yeah. Right. Like I would, I want to know about how to get better at doing something. But then mm. what if they use the whole, well, that's private. It's privacy. I'm not telling you how I built my deck. That's my property. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but I nobody, was just kind nobody, of. Nobody does that. These aren't. No, of we're not talking not. about spaceships. I'm not calling yeah. Richard Branson saying, how do you build a spaceship? It's but about, I'm just trying to I compare. Deck together? <laughs> I'm trying to compare the way that we think about um, like money knowledge and like what you're doing with your money. We, we as people, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with it because I do the same thing, but we consider it like private. But then I was just thinking also, so if your friend's having relationship issues, we'll talk it through with your friends, right? Like we'll talk about, you know, oh, this is what me and my husband were fighting about. This is what, how we worked on it. This is the therapy we're going to like, this is blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's like, but money topic comes up and everybody's like, no, no, no. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I just find it so interesting that people don't want to talk about money and I'm no different. It's just like, so, is it ingrained in our culture? Like, is that why? I think our parents didn't talk about it. I don't think yeah. our grandparents talked about it. And yeah. it is kind of a sign of fake success. Yeah. Right. And it's none of it's real. It could all disappear. It's all digital. 
right? You don't actually have any of this money unless yeah. it's sitting in your house. And even now you yeah. can't pay cash for anything because of COVID. <laughs> That's true. So it's it's all irrelevant, but it, it, it is something in our psyches where we're just like, you know what? I'm willing to post the best picture I possibly can on Instagram of myself, but I'm not willing to post a picture of my bank account on there. Oh, well, no, like, of course I wouldn't. <laughs> It's I don't know. It's just kind of a funny thing. I've never really put much thought into it until like literally right now, like just kind of why we all do it. And it, it is just the social norm thing. Like when people are talking about money a lot, I get kind of uncomfortable, but I'm trying these days to be more willing to open because it's just like anything. If you talk to friends who are in really good relationships, you can pick up tips about how to better yours. If you talk to a friend who's really good at building decks, you can pick up tips on how to build yours. Do you know what I mean? Like communication is key to anything in the world and getting better. So why wouldn't we as people try to talk to friends, experts about money? So all of those things that you said, talking to friends about relationships and building decks and yada, 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 you know what? They don't have the best relationship. We just think that they do. That's true. Right. That person might not be the best at relationships in the entire world. Yeah. But when we're talking about money, we're, we're afraid that that judgment is going to come back. Yeah. It's not going yeah. the other way for those other topics, but we're like, listen, I'm, I'm broke. Yeah. Like, and most people say that they're broke. They're not actually broke. Right. Right. They can still pay for their lights. They can still do something. They can still get by. They can still go to McDonald's. They're not actually yeah. broke. They're just, they're not feeling wealthy today. And I think that comes down to not understanding your cash flow. So my conversations I have a lot about with cash flow is when when a customer would come in or or the people that I've been talking to a lot the last three months is about talk to me about the money that's coming in. And sometimes in the last three months it's been zero. A lot of a mm -hmm. lot of people have, have lost their jobs. A lot of people aren't going back. Some people were temporarily laid off. And we talked about what that looks like and what it's gonna look like next time it happens. How do we have a really great conversation and, and build something up for you so when this happens again, you're not in such panic mode. So what do you suggest to somebody in that situation? What would be a good plan? So you've got to do some work. And this is the hard, boring part that nobody wants to do. <laughs> and it's the part, though, that it's going to give you that, that breath of fresh air when, when it's done, right? Because you're going to have an idea. So my biggest suggestion is, is make a list of all the money that comes into your account. And if you have a, a partner, do this with them. Yeah. That's one of the biggest reasons for stress is having that, not having that conversation or keeping those secrets. Right. It's, it's eating us inside. It's making us grumpy. It's making us sick. It's not letting us sleep at night. Does that go to the whole, we don't like talking about money thing? Like even with our partners, like that just shows that people are so uncomfortable. To, like money is the biggest cause of divorce. Is it not? I, I don't like, know for sure, but I don't see why it wouldn't be. Right. Um, people just, and, and I know people in my life who hide significant amounts of debt or spending from from their loved one yeah. and you know what if that keeps the relationship happy i'm okay with that right <laughs> we can have different conversations on you know if you go here and you get yelled at for spending 80 dollars out, out at lunchtime maybe we can as a couple have a conversation about your money your money our money sort of thing right but you have to have that conversation because at some point that stress is just going to eat you up Oh, 100%. So after you guys find out money that's coming in, then we got to took a, and this is, I just do this on a, a basic spreadsheet. You could do it in a software program that, that most of the financial planners have and figure out what money's coming out that has to come out. So your mortgage payment or your rent, 
or your electricity, your water bill, your city garbage bill, if that's still a thing, mm-hmm. um, your cell phone bill, all of those things that have to come out, your kids school for field trips, whatever it has to come out. Like if it doesn't come out, your world will, will come to an end. Right. Put it into a spreadsheet, total it up and find out how much money it is. And then from there, you know the difference, right? How much money that I actually have to spend on anything else that I want. And now you got to include other things, food, right? Variable costs, I call them food, gas, mm-hmm. um, haircuts, I don't know, manicures, those yeah. sorts of things. And my recommendation is to have different bank accounts for these sort of things. Oh, okay. So when money comes in, and this is how, how I do it for myself, and this is how I've done it since I was a kid. So it's very really? easy for me to do. And nobody taught me this. I just quickly realized as a kid that I'm like, oh man, my friends are going to Vegas. Do I have enough money to go to Vegas? You'd be like, yeah, I guess so. I'll put it on my credit card. I'll pay it off. Who knows what happens? Yeah, totally. Deal with it later. <laughs> but but once you've developed a small system, and it, it takes a couple of hours to set up, and I'm happy to help anybody sit down and set it up. It doesn't matter what bank you work at or a bank you bank at. We could yeah. do this at any bank, at any company, anywhere in the world. When money comes in, that, I call that my spending account. So my paycheck comes into that account, and the day that it goes in, every dollar that I need to go out goes out right away. So I have a house spending account. So out of my house account comes my car insurance, my house insurance, my mortgage, all those sorts of bills that go along with that. Mm-hmm. So and, th- and then they come out automatically. So I don't have to think about my banking, which is why I don't right. actually know the bills that I pay because it's on a spreadsheet that I very rarely look at. Right. Money comes in, money goes out, that's gone. And then I have other accounts set up. One is a vacation account. I put money away every month, every two weeks to go into my vacation fund. And that's what I have to go on vacation. Right. Uh, and I use that, I'll use that to go to the cottage for the weekend or Canmore or Banff or to a friend's house. Um, you know, in BC or whatever. And then we'll use it. So what if, let's say, sorry, I'm just interrupting because this, I do, I do similar, but I'm not like super strict on it. Um, Just because sometimes let's say you book a Canmore weekend. Yep. Do you like the whole time you're in Canmore for anybody listening who doesn't live around here, that's just like a mountain town really close to us that everybody goes to, to go hiking and all that stuff. I have lots of international listeners. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so if you book a Canmore weekend, do you take that money and you'll move it and you'll only use cash or like, how do you actually track that? Because I'll do a similar thing, but I still put everything on my visa because I like to get the points. And then sometimes it goes over. I don't really care. I just deal with it later. Do you just have a general amount, you know, that you're going to spend? How do you track that when you're spending it? What I would do is... We can have a whole credit card conversation now for these, <laughs> these rewards. I'd love to. But the way that I would track it is that money's been going into the account. So let's say there's already $4,000, $5,000 in there. Okay. Like it's not like we're starting from zero and I'm going to Canmore tomorrow. Right. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. So you can't go to Canmore tomorrow if your account's still at zero. Rule what if my one. account was at $500? Great. Then go to Canmore. Okay. And what I would do is I, if you choose to use your credit card for spending, right? Yeah. You put it on your credit card. And once a week, this is how I do it. Once a week, I look at my credit card bill. Yeah. I go online, check out all my spending and I add up each spending column based on what account it should come out of. So that should come mm-hmm. out of my travel account. Boom. I spent $600 in Canmore. Gotcha. Man, I, I only had 500. Mm-hmm. 
So there's two ways that I would go with that. One, I would leave that extra hundred dollars on the credit card. That's my my payment to myself. So my next time yeah. my two weeks goes in and I add a little bit more, that money goes onto that one hundred dollars. Gotcha. Yeah. Or hopefully, I've got a little bit of extra money in my day to day account, my my spending account, and I can move it over. I didn't I didn't have a bottle of wine after work, so there's some extra money in there, so I can take that out of there and pay off my credit card with it. How many different accounts do you have? So you'll have like your day to day spending, you have your travel, you have like what other ones do you personally use? I've got a day to day spending account, my house account, which is essentially just your bill payment account. Mm-hmm. I've got my vacation fund and I have a Christmas fund. Oh, okay. So for gifts and stuff. Because that was the first thing I realized when I was a young banker is that at Christmas time, we go crazy. Yeah. We go crazy and we buy things to go to parties, to hang out with people we don't even always like, but we have That's to bring true. a gift. Yeah. Here's a basket. <laughs> here's a wine. Here's this. Yeah. Here's that. And this isn't stuff that we've normally thought about. That's right? true, yeah. And we didn't plan for. And then, of course, Christmas comes along and everybody's spoiling their kids like crazy, yeah. more than they should. <laughs> oh, I know. I still have Christmas presents I haven't given my daughter yet because there was too many. Yeah, we do the same thing, man. Like, I give my kids, like, two gifts because I know they're going to get spoiled by everyone else. And I'm like, they do not need it. They are five and three. <laughs> they right. do not need this much crap. And they, sure. don't, they don't play with it as long because they just no. move on to one, move on to one. And you know, it's the worst when on Christmas, sorry, just to go off on a tangent, but on Christmas morning, when they open one gift, don't even really look at it and appreciate it. And they move on to the next. They're just like greedy little buggers, you know, and that's what happens when they get we've a made tree that. full of gifts. <laughs> we've, we've made this for them. That's, you're exactly right. And that's why I don't do it. Like, I, I'm, actually, it's never happened with my kids, really, because I just I've seen it in other people's kids. And I'm like, I will not let this happen. Like my kids do not. They get stuff. They have a house full of toys. Why do they need? 30 more on Christmas morning. I want to say <laughs> I agree without sounding like a Scrooge. It, the kids <laughs> like it. It's fun. It's There's a great spirit, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and certain times you, you have to you know buy something really cool. Totally. But what happens in January? <laughs> what happens in well, What February? is that day like blue or blue Friday or black Friday? What is that? I think it's blue really... Monday. Blue Monday, that's what it is when the visa bills show up. <laughs> yeah, right. The credit card. Now, now, I yeah. mean, you can see your credit card balance instantly online. It's so that totally that day now goes from December 20th till <laughs> April until you get your tax yeah. refund, essentially. It's true. But that's totally. why I created that account is I was having conversations with people going, listen, you, you don't have enough money to buy the presents that you're, you're spending your yeah. kids on. You're, you're buying them things that you can't afford. Yeah. And now you're coming in telling me that, you know, you can't save more for your retirement or you can't, you know, you can't pay your car loan this month. I'm like, how much did you just spend at Christmas time? You spent four yeah. grand at Christmas. So that's why I created that account. And it's been a real big success for the people that I've worked with. It doesn't right. matter how much you put away. Uh, my rule has always been whatever is in that account is what I spent. And that includes the whole Christmas season. So if you get invited to a Christmas party and you're bringing a bottle of wine, it comes out of that. Absolutely interesting and now i don't feel guilty yeah right? yeah totally and i know i know what i can do and may, maybe i can buy a better a better bottle of wine now yeah maybe maybe i can i can drink it all myself and take keys please home <laughs> totally that's great yeah i love that i love that idea because i put everything on my visa i kind of want to talk to you about that because i and i pay it off every month but i don't look at it weekly i probably should But like if I buy a coffee, it goes on my visa. If I like literally I use my debit for the only time is Costco because they don't take visa. Like I use it for 
everything that I can. And then I get paid once a month. So at the end of the month, I just transfer the full amount, pay it off. And I like it because I get a ton of points. Right. What What's your opinion on that whole process? So we have to ask ourselves the questions. Why are these companies offering us points? I don't know. <laughs> do you think they do it because they love you? No. No. And to Maybe. all my friends who work at Visa and MasterCard out there, I do love you guys just as much as you love us. <laughs> Yeah. But it, it isn't a way to create revenue for them, right? Mm -hmm. The points itself doesn't create revenue. It actually costs them tons of money to give you reward points and cash back yeah. and those sorts of things. But first of all, if we look at, you know, you personally, you probably have an annual fee. 120 bucks, yeah. Because we don't give away points for free. No, it's true. So how much do you need to spend to get $120? I think it's like a dollar a point with the card I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? Uh, it could wrong? be. It could be. I'm having but a moment. <laughs> if you get a dollar a point, right? I, th I think it's what? one point for every dollar. Right. How much, and how much is that point worth? Oof, one penny. Like, a, like, yeah, a flight is 35,000 points. Okay. Right. Right. So. I see you what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know the math on it on top of my yeah. head, but that's the first question I always, always need to ask is how much I money do I yeah. need to spend to get to break even? And then As I know like, yeah. And if you're not, for me, I justify it because I'm like, I'm not paying interest. So I'm not like giving the bank any money, but you're absolutely right about that 120. It's like, I think I'm getting such a good deal on a flight, but really I'm like, you have to add $120 to that. And right? you, and you could be. Yeah. So, and, and if that system works for you and you're finding it successful and you're being able to pay it off, I applaud oh, you. Oh, yeah. Right? I think it's amazing. <laughs> However, that does not happen most of the time. You're right. Because most people have three credit cards. Yeah. Right? Add in a couple. Now you've got six credit cards. Yeah. And the question I always ask is, how do you like to pay for things? Your credit card or your debit card? And if they say debit card, I ask a lot of questions. What kind of, or so this is credit card. What kind of credit card do you have? How many do you have? What's your current balances on all of them? Because I know there's a balance on all of them. Yeah. And what's your limit on all of them? But then I ask, what is the reason you choose to use that particular card? The Costco what are is, answers that you hear? Costco like, is a big is thing. All right, I have a MasterCard just to go to Costco. Oh, I should get one of those. <laughs> Anyways, go on. <laughs> well, it makes it easier to go to Costco with that card because you're like, yeah. I can't get declined for this purchase. <laughs> um, but the other answer is, is always points or I didn't. It's based on balance for that day. So oh. my biggest goal here is, well, my biggest question is to ask them, is one of your goals to, to pay off this debt? Sometimes yeah. it is and sometimes it isn't. So if it's not, you know what, if that's not something you want to talk about, I'm fine with that. If you want to run debt on your credit cards, your lines of credits forever, if, if you're happy and you're not stressed out, I'm happy. <laughs> right? Okay. And I, I'm, t I am yeah. totally okay. It's, it's nowhere, no banker's job or no investment professional's job to say, you can't have a balance on your credit card. You can't totally, eat yeah. that. You can't drink that. Because, you know, people don't want to do what they're told to do anyways. That's true. So my goal is to help people who I kind of create a framework for people and help them figure out how to do whatever it is they want to do banking-wise. And then we could talk about that debt, right? So if you ask someone who's got debt uh, on their credit card or their line of credit or, or their car loan, the first question I ask, and I find that most people don't ask this question at all, is when is all of your debt going to be paid off? Yeah. And How, what do people usually say? No no idea. Yeah. So then I'll have to do do a calculation for them, right? 
Then my next question is, do you know how much interest you're paying on all of this debt? Yeah. Then I ask, what did you buy with this, and is it worth both of these things? Totally. And if it was, great. You know, maybe yeah. that $4,000 family vacation is, is what the family needed to, to keep themselves together. Maybe it's what but they needed to get away. But then what does it end up costing? 7000 right. with interest? <laughs> on, just on a credit card? It could be, right? In 10 yeah. years, who knows? Yeah. But if that's what they needed, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. But if you want some help with it, now we got to figure out which credit card are we going to pay off first? How are we going to understand your cash flow? And how are we going to be able to, to basically say once credit card one's paid off, we move to credit card two, and then we move to credit card three? What's your opinion on debt consolidation companies? They scare me. They scare <laughs> <How come>? me. <laughs> um, because I don't know a lot about them. And it, oh. it's about what is the purpose of debt consolidation companies? Like what do they get out of it? They're there to drive revenue. They're there yeah. to make money off of it. Right? Totally. Because they have the ability to consolidate your debt. It's usually unsecured and it's usually at a very high interest rate. Yeah. Right. So if it's what you need to have one single payment and make your life work out better, okay, let's do it, but let's find a way to pay that down as fast as possible. Yeah. If it's your only way you're gonna go from to prevent yourself from being bankrupt, okay, let's go down that route. But most of the time it comes down to discipline. Yeah. The reason is if you just solve the problem by paying off that debt and you didn't solve any other problems, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to need another debt consolidation loan in two years. Totally. Did you ever listen to any of the rich dad, poor dad books or anything like Robert Kiyosaki says he has this whole, like you could, people who are bad with money and don't understand money, they could win the lottery and they'll be broken a few years. Cause if you don't understand how to manage your money, like you could have all the money in the world and all these people, if I win the lottery, I'll be fine. It's like, well, no, you probably won't be because you don't understand. You know what I mean? Right. Or it'll, you know, it's, it's scary to win the lottery. I, <laughs> I want to win the lottery too, but I feel like I'd be like, just like all those other people. I would, would float, I'll just get rid of all of it because, you know, I can just go get a job again. I'm going to have a really fun couple of years. <laughs> okay. Everything that we've just talked about, don't take advice from Shane. Out the window. <laughs> My advice is for normal people, not lottery winners. <laughs> if you win the lottery, spend it all immediately <laughs> and then deal with the repercussions later. That's Absolutely. our advice. <laughs> Change your name and move to another country. Exactly. Okay. I want to talk about money with your partner. So I know we sort of touched on this a little bit, but like specifically with you and your wife, do you, did you, when you first met her, were you like, okay, this is how I am with money. Like, does she have similar ideas and you, what do you recommend for a new couple with that awkward conversation? Or like, what if one's a spender, one's a saver? Do you have any conversations around that? Yeah, it's um for me personally, my conversation came along pretty easily because I was I was already kind of in the financial world. So we were just generally talking about credit cards and what types of accounts she should have and um, you know the account that she had since she was five years old. I switched that over to you know, I became her banker and and her boyfriend kind of at the same time. <laughs> okay. And so it was easy for us to kind of get into that conversation of you know, how much interest costs, why we should pay our cards off and all those sorts of things. So do you think now the two of you have a similar idea in money or do you just deal with it all and she kind of trusts you or how does that work? You wouldn't believe it. It's the exact opposite. Oh. Is I created the framework and she does all of the work. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good because then at least you guys are on the same page. It's it's pretty, pretty 
um, cool not to have that stress in your life where you could sit down once a week uh, for 15 minutes or 30 minutes and just be like, okay, what money needs to go off the credit card here? I feel yeah. like if we waited till the end of the month or when the, the official credit card bill came in, yeah. um, the numbers would be so high. You just, you'd be like, oh man, I spent all of the money already. I don't have enough to pay it off, which I is see. why we so do it every week. So you actually transfer it once a week? Once a week. Yep. Actually not a bad idea. I might take that. And then you, cause you can export it into an Excel spreadsheet, right? So is that what you do? And then you just summarize based on like category. That's exactly it. So we, we have those exact uh, categories of, yeah. um, does this come from our day-to-day spending account or does yeah. it come from our house spending account? Because all of our bills come off of one credit card as well. Yeah. Okay. So all of our, all of our house bills, all of whatever bills come off of there, um, cell yeah. phone bills, all those sorts of things. So yeah. We just pay that off right away when it comes in. And then if we go for dinner, for example, it comes out of our, our day-to-day spending account. And now I know yeah. how much more money I have until I get paid again. So I know if last weekend I went crazy, this week I'm not going to because I I don't have the money to do it. What day of the week do you guys do it on? We decided we do it on Thursdays. Oh, okay. And it's because we get paid on Thursday. Oh, so you do it the day the money comes in, you just deal with it, and then yep. that's smart. We, we were doing it on Sundays and it just, it got too confusing. So we just do it on the day we get paid. And I find like on the weekends, whenever you plan to do something like that, something comes up and then you're <laughs> totally. like, okay, we'll do it next weekend. <laughs> the last thing I want to do it Sunday night at 830 is yeah. look at my bank account. hundred percent. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you mentioned something interesting about RESPs. And I really, I agree with you 100%. So can you tell me your opinion on that and whether we should all be saving for our kids to go to college in 18 years, please? Yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have two biased thoughts on that, which is strange. But before I, I do something crazy, let's just say if it's part of your goals, it's something we talk about. Yeah. Right. If you are uh, don't have any kids, it's not a conversation I bring up with anybody. Right. It's a, it's a waste of time. They're not going to care. They don't need to learn all these things. Totally. If you do have some kids, those are the questions I ask. Are you planning on giving them some money to go to post-secondary? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. That's great. How much of that do you think you want to give them? How much do you think it's going to cost them? And what are you currently doing today to help save for their kids' education? No matter how old they are. They could be zero. They could be 17 years old. Yeah. And once you have the answers to all of those questions, you can kind of start creating a plan. So, for example... If you say, yes, I do want them to go to school, one of the questions I'll ask is, what type of schooling do you think you want to pay for and how much do you think it's going to cost? And it's interesting to see based on the types of parents. If you're talking to two professionals, let's say two engineers, they're going to say, yes, I want my kid to go to school. And here's how much I think it's going to cost because they both went through engineering school. They know it's going to cost you forty or $50,000 to put the kid through school. Right. So you do a quick calculation. You figure out the need to put away. I'm just throwing this number out there. Don't quote me on this. Yeah. <laughs> 300 bucks a month. And then you say, okay, you get paid every two weeks. It's whatever the magic number is. It's not actually 150, but that yeah. number every two weeks comes off the paycheck, goes into the RESP. And then now we know what it is. What I hear a lot is I have an RESP for my kids. Right, then I'll follow up. As, as a friend, I do talk about RESPs way more than anything else. People yeah. want to talk about their kids and, and brag about their kids and say all the great <laughs> things they're doing. Totally. See, well, that, that's great. How much money are you putting away for them? And what is your goal? How much money do you think that you're going to have? And I would say 10 out of 10, the answer I've got from the people I've talked to is, I don't know how much money I'll have at the end. 
Yeah. And that tells me that the planner who set them up with that or the banker didn't do enough job educating them on what the future outcome of their investment is going to look like. Or if they did, the parents have forgotten and no one has reviewed that with them in a really long time. Yeah, that's me for sure. And I've recently, <laughs> like we set it up and then I it's in a filing cabinet. And honestly, I'm like, oh, I don't even look at it. But recently we've changed it. I don't even know. I think we might've taken, we don't even contribute anything anymore. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> we decided, it's a whole different topic. But my husband's all like, like what you say is your kids can get a loan to go to school. You can't get a loan for retirement. So like if you have people who are putting all this money in this RESP, but they're not contributing to their own retirement. Like what advice would you give? I would start asking them some more, some more questions about what type of retirement do they want to have? What does it look like based on what you're doing today? Here's the projection that I have for you. Are you comfortable with it? If you're not, here's some suggestions I make and you're going to have to decide where you're going to choose to, to take those funds from. It could be from your beer money account. It could be from your vacations. It could be from your kids RESP. Yeah. But it's about creating that awareness. So whoever's money that is, they can make the decision that's right for them. Yeah. Right. Because everybody thinks putting that money away to your RESP is a great idea. And it is. But yeah. if you're not going to be able to retire at 65 and you're going to have to work yeah. till 75 because of that, yeah, is that worth it for you? And for some people, they'll say, absolutely, it is. I need my kid yeah. to get this education. For some people, they're going to be like, whoa, maybe that's not a good idea. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's scale back on this a little bit and, and help myself out a little bit more. For sure. And it, it like you say, it's hard to know in, you know, when our kids are actually of age to go to school, what's the world going to look like? You know, it's I don't know. I would hate to have all this money in an account for school and you can't like you can take it out. Like, let's say your kids never go to school. Can you take it out and just use it or you get just taxed to shit on it? Obviously, some of it. Okay. Um, you're actually allowed to take your money out. Right. The money that you contributed. But any uh, growth or the government grants, you don't yeah. get. It just disappears. Oh, really? Really. But like, you why can, wouldn't you can transfer sort... that to your R- RSP as well? Oh, you can. You oh, can. I think I did know that actually. I'm just wondering, like, why? What's the benefit of putting it in RESP as opposed to just an account, like a savings account, that like some sort of investment account? Is it because the government gives you grants? Yeah. So the biggest reason is is that 20% grant for most people. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, here's how I look at it is we're talking about investing for your kid's education and the type of investments that you should have. And you're getting a guaranteed 20%. Mm-hmm. It can't be that. Nowhere. Yeah, no, that's true. Right? Every year you're getting 20% until they've given you $7,200. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is for sure. Right? So that that's the rationale behind it. Yeah. And I, I don't know what school is going to look like in 20 years. I, I don't know if my... My three-year-old's gonna have the chance to to go to university. I mean, look yeah. look what's happening now. I I predicted already that most schools would be digital on and online by the time she needs to go to university. Yeah, it's already happening today. I know. Which is it's... which I think is great. Um, yeah. I think going to school and interacting with people and and meeting people there there's a lot to that. So we need yeah. as humans we need to find a way to help our young people still engage and still learn and still network and do those sorts of things. Yeah. Think of the best businesses in the world were created because people met in university, right? Yeah. Microsoft, uh, Facebook, yeah. uh, Google, all these things came from people who met in university. So yeah, I think it's a very important environment, but it depends on what kind of job you want to have. Having a university degree now doesn't mean you get a job. Yeah. Or it did true. when our parents, if our parents had a university degree, yeah, they were golden. They could have any job they wanted. 
Yeah. Right now yeah. it's just something everybody has. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't have one. And I do notice because I work in corporate. It's like, I feel like it's noticeable that I don't, you know, like in the whole hierarchy of the company, you know, like I think things are changing, but it's still better if you have one. But it depends on the industry you're in, though, for sure. Right. I saw a posting the other day for one of the big tech companies. And it basically said, degree not required experience in XYZ and ability to show us what you can do is required. And yeah. I just thought that was really powerful because you can learn stuff by Google now. Oh yeah. Right. YouTube, Absolutely. Google practice. If I really wanted to learn how to build a deck, I could spend hours learning how to build a deck. Yeah. By watching a, a thing on my cell phone. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think experience goes to show for a lot of it. A lot of people come out of university and yes, they have the ability to get a degree and that takes a lot of work. I'm not saying anything against it, but it doesn't mean you're going to be good at whatever job you get hired for, you know? Right. Yeah, there's a lot to be said. Like, who knows what the world's going to look like when our kids go to school. So that's kind of why we just recently, just because of everything going on, we're like, I'd rather put my money somewhere else right now. But I think we're still putting a little bit in. I Like how I say, I think. Right. That's one of those things. I'm like, I don't actually even remember what we did. Like, I don't, I think I'm such an expert. Well, I don't think I'm an expert, but I like honestly don't take the advice that I know I should. You know what I mean? Here's why you should celebrate that because you've done something. Yeah. You prioritized, <laughs> you had a conversation. You don't have to remember all of this. That, it's true. There's people out there to do that. There's a document. You could look on the internet. You could go to your online it's banking true. and figure it out. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, you took that step. You know, you put in the process based on whatever priority you had yeah. and you moved on. Yeah. I don't yeah, think about true. my stuff every day, every every month, right? I pay the bills that I'm supposed to pay, but I don't think about how much money I'm putting away or what my retirement's going to look like. I created a big plan. I check yeah. on it every few few months, maybe, but I don't do a lot of work on it. Everything's set up now. Just It's all automatic. All I care about is I know how much money's in my bank account. Um, every Thursday I get paid, every second Thursday. And I know yeah. how that's how much I can spend. Yeah, because I like that. I, the rest of it's taken care of. I can spend all of it on one really fun night out and um, not have nothing for 13 days. If that's, <laughs> if that's your choice, that's your choice. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. I like the idea of automating everything. It, it makes a lot of sense. So let's, I want to kind of wrap up, but I want you to give like just a couple pieces of advice that you would think, like if somebody's listening to this and they're kind of like, oh God, like I've got debt, I've got, you know, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't think I'm planning for retirement. Maybe I put $50 away a month, but I don't actually know. Like, what would you say are some steps that somebody can do to like get their life, their money life in order? I think the first step is, is to not think that everybody around you is doing better than you. Ah, I love that. That is such a good piece of advice. Cause that we all, like I fall into that. I look around and I'm like, oh my God, they must be doing so well, but really, Right. Just they're the, they're not. Just yeah. like the really bad things in their relationship, there's really yeah. bad things in their finances. Some people are yeah. great. Some people aren't. But it's not about comparing yourself to others. So that's the yeah. first step. Step one is let's not give a fuck about anybody else. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Let's worry about you and your situation. Those guys don't matter. So the yeah. second step is, okay, what do I need to do and what's important to me? So write down some some of your goals right? What what do you want to do? Do you want to buy a house? Do you want to pay out of debt? Do you want to retire? Those are some important things to actually write down. All these experts say, write down your goals so you can create actions around them. Yeah. I say, answer some basic questions. After you get paid and after you pay all of your bills, do you know how much money you have? Right. I'm going to take the this pandemic as an example. If you lost your job at the beginning of March, 
what expenses could you cut off immediately uh, and yeah, what things okay. could you keep right and there are lots of things that you're like don't need this i don't need my kids daycare right now i don't need this i don't need yeah. this but do you have that written down somewhere where you're like i must have this i don't have this uh, so that goes down to making that list about that cash flow of what do i have to spend to live my life right and i don't include things in there like food i don't include things in there like gas because those things can change yeah right those to me those are are, are extras because so like you need food but you could buy cheaper food is what you're saying correct Yep, absolutely. Right. Or you could buy more expensive yeah. food, but you don't. Yeah. I don't want anybody to go to the grocery store and be like, "I have this jar for food, and it says fifty dollars, <laughs> and I have fifty-five dollars of food on the table." Are the the market checkout? Yeah. I got to yeah. put something back. <laughs> right. That's not a good system. So yeah, I don't totally. want people to be in that sort of situation. So that would be yeah. one of the first two things: is who cares about everybody else? Let's figure out what your goals are understand what your cash flow is, and then truly think about retirement. And there are calculators, there are bankers out there, so you don't have to do this. Just ask yourself, how much money do I think I need? And everybody says, well, I don't really know. So talk about your lifestyle. What is your lifestyle like today? If you had no debt, could you live off the same income? I think that's well, the if all these people are, have debt and they're living off the income, I think the answer would, would be yes, wouldn't it? Like, what do you mean? Most that? of the time, but some people are like, well, I want to have way more money in retirement. Oh, I if see. If that's what, you're what you want, sure. But let's have some rationale, right? Do you just want the money to have it, or are you going to spend, you know, your life on world cruises, traveling around? If cruises right. still exist when you get to retire. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. Then once you have those goals and those ideas, go find a banker that wants to deal with you and have those questions. Right. Um, they're not all created equally. That, how do you know who's like when you book an a appointment with one of the big five banks it's kind of like you just it's luck of the draw really who you get and i've sat in some offices with some people that i'm just like oh my god like you don't care about me at all like what so what do you suggest people do to find somebody who actually keep trying so That's just it. walk out like, imagine out don't don't walk out just say thanks i don't think this is for me but have that that ability think of it as your job and your life if you're hiring someone yeah. to do something for you you're going to interview yeah. people. You're going to have multiple totally. conversations to find who's the best fit for you. You don't need yeah. the smartest guy. You just yeah. need someone who's the best fit for you, who who wants to have those conversations and can set those programs up. Because once it's set up, you don't actually need them. Yeah. So automate everything is kind of another piece of advice. Hey, like just have Absolutely. as much automated as you can. And, sure. and the final piece of advice I'll have for anybody because I'm getting kicked off this podcast. No, you're not. We could talk for hours. <laughs> I just people, feel bad. People are going to hang up. So <laughs> think of your retirement plan and think of your mortgage. And my recommendation to you is to increase both of those payments every year. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. So there's some cool calculators out there. But yeah. really, if you just increase it by something small, $5 a year, $10 a year. People laugh at me when I'm like, hey, how much more can you put away to your retirement this year? I can't put away anything. Can yeah. you do five bucks a month? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can. Well, let's do that. Right. Well, then after five, it goes to 25 usually. Right. Or sometimes yeah. it's 50. But if you have a habit of doing that every year, pick a date, doesn't matter what it is. You could be your birthday. Uh, it could be January 1st. But just yeah. know I got to call the bank to increase this payment. You could actually do it all online now, by the way. And that will help I, you pay up. That will pay that. down your mortgage faster and totally. will ramp up your investments faster because yeah. everybody talks about inflation. Right. Yeah. Cost of goods. Everything gets more expensive. If you're putting away $100 a month when you're 18, that's really great. If you're still only putting away $100 a month when you're 50, 
that's not so great. That's 40 years yeah. of inflation. Your $100 is now only worth eight bucks. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So find a way to constantly increase that. It could be by $5. It could be by a percentage, but just do something. If you look in some calculators, uh, I'll actually, I'll send them to you guys. I'll put it in the Sure. Link. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link everything in the, and in that the way you'll, notes. you'll be able to see how big of a difference that would be to pay off your house faster or retire earlier. It's a big, big, big thing. So what if though, like the amount of money that you make and the bills that you have and you literally have like with all your debt and all your payments and all your must haves. And, you know, once you buy some groceries, you have like $4 left and you're constantly putting yourself in debt every month. Do you have any suggestions of how to make any extra money or it's like, go get a new job? (laughs) Like what are your, or like cut back what you can, like, what would you suggest? My, my first is, is cut back what you can. Yeah. So nobody likes this, but cut your cable bill. Mm-hmm. Do you really need your PlayStation subscription? Maybe you do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but what are you spending money on? Which comes down to my very first list of creating priorities that right. doesn't need to be part of your priorities. And maybe that isn't, yeah. I'm going to cancel my cable and put my money towards my retirement. But maybe yeah. that's, a, I'm going to cancel my cable. So next year, I'm going to have an extra $1,500 that I can pay off this credit card. Ah, yeah, okay. And it doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. But I also know there's a ton of things in all of your garages and basements that you could probably sell. That's true. Yeah, it's true. And I think a lot of us kind of get this idea in our head of, well, I need cable or I need Netflix. Like, but there's a lot of things we don't actually need. Or I need to get my hair done 200 bucks every month. <laughs> like, do you though? We've all gone this long in the pandemic without it. Like, I wonder if in this pandemic, people are realizing real priorities when it comes to money. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that, you know, my goal isn't to, to deprive people of things that they need. I, I never feel like I'm going to be the one that says you can't have that coffee from Starbucks because it's $6. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to your priorities. What What do you want to do? I just want to create awareness for people. If you have the awareness, your stress will go away and you'll totally. be happy. Well, I love that you were willing to come on here and chat with me and give all your advice, except don't listen to him if you win the lottery, people. <laughs> it's terrible advice. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I think emotionally, none of us could help it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> like, I guess it depends on the amount that you win. But if you only win like a million dollars, that's not that much. Oh, no, I'm talking like 50 million. Oh, okay. Then you would just blow it all. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Yes, I <laughs> He's buying an island. <laughs> <laughs> You're all welcome to come. Exactly. Anybody who listened to this. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I, I really appreciate you coming. This was amazing. And uh, yeah, like, what are you up to these days? Like, where can people reach you if they want some advice personally from you? You know, we created a friend of mine and I, uh, we live in different sides of the country and we created a Facebook page of all crazy things called Ad- Advice Owl. And, and it spawned from the last three months of this pandemic of people asking us what can we do um, with our money? I think people just had more time. How do I get a debt? How do I save for retirement? What do I do when I don't have a paycheck? So we just yeah. created just a random tiny Facebook page to, to allow us to do Zoom calls with people. And we've been having a ton of conversations the last three months. And uh, ah, hopefully- I wish I would have asked you about this earlier. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> hopefully it spawns into to something else. We've got a couple couple non-for-profits that we're, we're working with to help truly you know, underprivileged people understand basic banking and money and how to do those sorts of things. So it's been a fun, a really fun three months. Awesome. I love it. Okay. So what is the Facebook group called? Uh, It's called Advice Owl. 
Vice Owl. I will uh, make a note of that in the show notes and you'll send me some links for those calculators. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was great. Who else is planning to do a thorough review of their finances after listening to that? I know I am. I really like a few pieces of advice that Shane gave us. I'm going to post some of the links that he mentioned in the episode on my Facebook group. So if you're not already a member of the Tell Me More podcast Facebook group, please join and you'll be able to access some of the calculators that he found that will be able to show you how increasing your payments on things like your mortgage or your investments by even just a small amount can actually make a huge difference in the long run. I know that most banks do offer similar calculators and I've personally played with them before. Like you'll notice even adding $50 to your mortgage payment can make a huge impact on how long it's going to take you to pay that off. And I'm sure most of us have an extra $50 laying around if you think about things you can cut or not buy and all that stuff. It's really interesting once you put it into that perspective. For more advice on this stuff, go to Shane's Facebook group called Advice Owl. Uh, where he's, he can give you personalized financial advice for free. So what else do you have to lose? It's free. Go check him out. Support the podcast by going to Apple and liking, subscribing, leaving a review. And I will catch you guys on the next one. Thanks, everybody.